Hello? Hello? It's <laughs> good. <laughs> Welcome to the Casual Heresy Podcast. Wink, wink. Well, are we actually starting it? Yeah, let's just start. Or are we... I can edit this out. You can? Yeah. Or leave it in. I don't care. All right. Um, this is Spencer, or Life Cheers here, with Michael. Hello. And we're going to start this episode off with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask that you come down upon us, your Holy Spirit come upon Michael and I, and that we may have a fruitful conversation about topics that we're talking about today. Seek and just how life has been. Pray that your will be done in our lives and in the lives of those we meet, in the lives of those who are listening. Lord, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for the days to come. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. What did we do this week? We, uh, well, there was seek. There was seek. Yeah, seek. Seek is a a focus conference. Focus is Fellowship of Catholic University students, and hey, twenty one. Yeah, Catholic University students. That's yeah. That's us, I guess. That's us. We're a part of the elite guru. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say crew, but I ended up saying group. But it was like guru. If we were part of a, a crew, it would be a Motley crew. Right? <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who have been hiding under a rock for the past year, there's a pandemic going on right now. So, a giant focus conference. Of over 20,000 people. Basically just doesn't happen. So, it was virtual this year. It was and... virtual. But we have some great focus missionaries and a great chaplain at our Newman Center. And they, they reserved the convention center here in town. Yep. And so we were At the to... unspecified location That's right. of this town that might exist. Might and might not. Yeah, I think it was awesome having Newman Center people and just half the people I did not know. Yeah. Which was cool. New faces. Yeah. It was great to have someplace to go to. Because mm-hmm. something like that, like you need to be like outside of your normal circumstances yeah like, like off campus somewhere <laughs> to help you like just to not get distracted so easily you know mm-hmm. it was yeah it was just far enough away it was perfect so it would have been perfect if it was in st louis but it was perfectly local jesus made it perfect yeah so we had all the the heavy hitters as far as catholic speakers go for the most part yeah yeah we get to hear Father Mike Schmitz, mm-hmm. Chris Stefanik, Jason Everett, Sister, Jonathan Reyes, Sister Bethany Madonna, Bishop Barron, yeah. Yeah. Sister Miriam. Sister Miriam. Did I say turn? Sister Miriam James. I don't know yeah. what I was getting turned <laughs> I was just like, what? Our bishop came. He came yeah. and he came in and did adoration with us, processed Bishop's around yeah. the whole conference center, stopped over it. Every single one of us and prayed over us with the monstrance in his hands. It was really cool. 
It was awesome. It was like oddly close to my face, but like right? good. I was like, it was like he was so close, but he was still like two feet away. But like, it was like the, the monster. All I could see was the, the Eucharist. Yeah. The monsters. That was all I could see. Same. <laughs> There's nothing else in my view. <laughs> right? As he, Bishop read the gospel and preached to us a little bit during adoration. I was just sitting there thinking, this man is an apostle. Yeah. You know? Like, like, this, this man was appointed bishop by JP2. Yeah, yeah, he was he was ordained by, by JP2. It's it's he's an apostle. It's just so wild to me, you know? Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's awesome to think about. Went all the way back to Peter and Christ himself. Right? Unbroken line. Apostolic succession. I love it. It's one of my favorite things about Catholicism. Honestly. Because if you can't bring it back to the beginning, then, then what is Jesus referring to in the gospel? Right? As, what is a church? What, what is, is the church? church? What is the church? It's like, well, it's this guy who found the Bible and interpreted it and found it at church. And it's like, you know, it's argument from causality. Where do you find the Bible? <laughs> where, the where did he get that? Who compiled that? I don't know. I guess, I don't know, just it some people. fell from the sky. Yeah, that's why it's infallible, because it fell from the sky. No, actually, it's infallible, because it an infallible was... church put <laughs> the <Compiled> library <laughs> together. Right? What was your favorite talk? My favorite talk, I'm blanking on who talked about this, but it was about Jesus in the garden. Who talked about that? Oh, that was Dr. Shree. Oh, yeah, Shree. Yep. yep. That Dr. was Shree. wild. Yeah, so when he said, like, we all think Jesus is sweating blood and, like, he's just in agony because he knows what's coming up, right? Yeah. But Dr. Shree talked about he's in agony because one of his brethren is going to betray him. Right, because he says in the garden to, like, Peter, James, and John, right, I... Behold, I'm sorrowful even unto death. Mm-hmm. And that's a quote from Sirach, who said, the enmity of a friend is a sorrow unto death. Something I think that's like what that. it was. Something like that. So it's a reference to like losing a friend. A friend becoming an enemy is more painful than death. So Jesus is weeping in the garden, falling on his mm-hmm. face, not because he's afraid he's going to die, but because someone he loved betrays him and betrays now he's going to... And is losing salvation. Yeah. That one blew me away. I was like... Like, like dude, sweat blood and for our dude Judas. And he would have done that. He would do that. For us. Any one of us. He would do that for you, you listeners. He would do that for you personally. Every single soul mm-hmm. who is falling away right now. He's just sweating blood. It's insane. Yeah. So, like, that hit me, and I'm just like, dang. Like, Christ is doing that for me. Like, every time I sin, like, venial or not, like, (laughs) anything that separates us from Christ, like, any sins, he is weeping because of that. Right. He's just, like, in agony because... We forgot how much the Father loves us. Because we've made ourselves an enemy. Mm-hmm. 
it's not for his own pain. It's for like the loss of us. Yeah. Well, was it Sister uh, Bethany Madonna who said, or was it Sister Miriam? I think it was Sister Bethany Madonna who said, every time we sin, it's because we forgot who we belong to. We forgot who we are. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, we just forgot our identity and we just fell astray. But the hand of the Lord brings us back so mercifully, so gracefully. What about you, Michael? What was your favorite talk or favorite thing that you experienced during Seek? Favorite thing I experienced was adoration. But that's a that's a whole ball of wax. That was a great talk, yeah. That was a great that was a great talk. <laughs> but uh my favorite my favorite talk of the weekend was uh Monsignor Shea. He talked about the um I wasn't there. For you that. weren't there? Yeah, that was one of the breakout sessions. So he talked about that um imagination does not equal make believe. God gave us our imaginations so that we can imagine him. Mm. Just as we can imagine the past. When we think about the past or the future, we're not living in that. We're imagining it. We still remember it. You know, We're just imagining our, our memories. Mm-hmm. And, and if, so God gave us this gift of imagination, right? Yeah. So he's talking about the secular, modern imaginative worldview and the Catholic imaginative worldview. The vast majority of Catholics are in a loveless marriage with God. They're married to him by their baptism and their confirmation. But there's no love there. They're just stuck. Yeah. And he says, like, we are trapped in our own mediocrity. It's like we, so we decide, we decide that we, we're going to, we're schedule out, we're going to pray harder, right? I'm going to do a holy hour, not a holy half hour. I'm going to schedule in my, my rosary. I'm going to do all these things. Just, just trying harder to, to like, to pray harder. He's like, and it never works, does it? And he's like, well, you know why that is? Because it was never meant to be about emotion. The Catholic, the, the imagination that God gave you is not about emotion. It is a decision in your mind. It's a conversion of mind, not a conversion of heart. So he's like, you really need to convert your mind. That's why, that's when your your prayer will be consistent and fruitful. You need to convert your mind, not your heart. You need to decide to follow the Catholic imaginative worldview. It makes so much sense because, like, <laughs> right? <laughs> my heart is easily convicted, like, I know my heart's convicted, but my mind can easily be astray. And if I had a dime for every time I've gone on a conference and be like, yes, and my heart's on fire, and I'm like, I'm going to pray, I'm going to schedule it all out, and I make it maybe two weeks. And it's like, no, it can't be be that. Mm -hmm. It has to be your mind that is converted. And he brought up like a whole bunch of scripture verses of St. Paul saying, it's your mind, you must use your mind. For most of us, it's our mind, but I, I think there's some people out there that they have the mindset, they just haven't let it sink to their heart. Right, yeah. But ours is the other way around. Right. I think it's more common to have the heart, the heart. just not the convicted mind. Exactly. What you were talking about reminded me of Father Mike saying how there's too many practical atheists, but another word he used was practical orphans. Practical orphans, yeah. 
Yeah, we're making ourselves orphans by denying ourselves our Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just a stab. Right? Wow. It's like Yasuo isn't guilty of that on some level. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Mary. Mary's not guilty of that. But... <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that was Seek. Yeah. It was a good time talking with people, hanging out. But there was some Rubenism that came out during the uh, Oh yeah, yeah, you have you have um your eyes, right? Yeah. So according to Ruby, who is my significant other, she said, Your eyes are are God. And she meant to she instantly corrected herself to Say, your eyes are beautifully from God, beautifully made in God's image. And I was like, okay, that's better. Now your eyes are just God. That's get what, on your, get that, on your knees and start worshiping right, my the, eyes. All Michael. of all of this, all this whole thing was just all in a nonsense. Gaze. Like the God is just actually, you know. Why is this a podcast? We should have video so people can just worship my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Casual heresy. Casual heresy. How t- okay, so this is from Death Tears themselves. Uh-oh. How tolerant good Christians should be of horror movies and the different types. How tolerant good Christians should be of horror movies and the different types. Well, the, the different types there is the real key to it, I think. Because, like, there's definitely a line where an an innocent horror movie becomes, like, a demonic horror movie, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's, using that as entertainment crosses a, a line of endangering your own soul, in my opinion. Mm hmm. I'm just confused on what he's saying here. Is how, like, how should we, Christians can tolerate it? Should good Christians tolerate horror movies? Okay. And to what extent? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, it's hard for Life Cheers to see eye to eye with Death Death Tears. Tears. It's just one of those things. The rivalry is intense. And if any of you are wondering, uh, we're actually watching this during the Super Bowl. Or watching this. We're doing our podcast right now during the Super Bowl. And you know why? Because we don't care, care at all about the Super Bowl. Or Tom Brady. Boom. <laughs> Roasted. <laughs> uh, but, so, horror movies. Um... Yeah, there's definitely a line. Yeah, there's a line. I don't know how black and white it is, though. Well, it's not like... I don't know, it's like, objectively... as long, Like I said, as long as you're not watching something demonic, objectively, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, I don't know. How is, how is a movie about axe murder different from a uh, uh, violent murder mystery show about detectives solving an axe murder where they show you the same things. Yeah, I guess it's just how it's displayed or like what what 
the intention is behind it. So, like, would you... I would not... There's, okay, a particularly violent... Hypothetically speaking, a particularly violent interpretation of Sherlock Holmes in a television format or movie format. How is that different from... Just the gore is what you're uh, saying? Like a, like a horror movie about just gore, you know? Mm-hmm. Not like spiritual horror or anything like that. Like a zombie horror or something like that, you know? Yeah. Because for I said, I don't like horror movies. <laughs> In fact, I kind of dislike horror movies. But there's nothing objectively immoral about that kind of horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's... Like I said, it reaches a point where you're um, using the demonic as entertainment. You're making light of spiritual warfare. And yeah. it's like, it's just unhealthy. You know? Mm-hmm. The Vikings, though, that's for the most part good. Vikings? TV show. That, okay, yeah, as, as long as you skip the vaguely pornographic scenes. <laughs> yeah. It's a good show, you know? I like Vikings. Yeah, That's the, what, the impure scenes. I wouldn't say. I don't know. We don't know because we we skip those, them, so, so we don't know. They're as probably soon as it just gets impure. a little sketch. We just skip it until we know it's good. So Alex is really good about that. Mm-hmm. Keeps on top of it. Makes sure it's. He's like, oh, this looks sketchy. Because historically, it's a really good and accurate. Yeah, it's really historically accurate, which is what I like about it. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like people actually lived like this. You know. Yeah, we, we learn about their culture. The pagan culture. <laughs> so this brings up another interesting thing. What are the negative impacts of, like, intaking, I'm going to use the word fictional, fictional media that's, like, displaying bad things, immoral things, evil things? The example I'm going to use is Game of Thrones. Okay. So like we're talking about like demonic horror movies, but I would say those are watching those are wrong for the same reason watching Game of Thrones is potentially wrong. If I would I would say it's wrong. I would say it's wrong. It's not potential. It is just wrong. It's pretty From what much I've wrong. heard. I've never watched it, but I've seen clips and they're not good. It's like, wow, this is I'm sure it's not the worst. It's it's bad. From what I've seen, is the thing the clips I've seen are not the worst parts. Yeah. From what I understand, yeah. and they were still pretty bad. And I was like, really? okay, but so yeah, why is that not okay? Why is because that okay? We are you're glorifying evil, oh. right? Yeah. It's like it doesn't matter if the good guys or the bad guys are the ones doing the evil things. They're putting it up on this pedestal. That it doesn't deserve. Yeah, it's very, very bad. And personally, I think things like... Um, Cuties? Well, don't get me started. Cuties is the same thing. It's glorifying pedophilia, which is yep. evil. I was going to say, the, thing, the reason I don't say that's true for Vikings is because it is, for the most part, a historical, historic fiction, you know? Mm-hmm. Like stuff like that definitely happened. Even if the characters and the names are wrong, I guarantee everything we we saw in that and skipped and skipped happened. Actually, happened at some point mm-hmm. somewhere in Scandinavian Viking history. Yep. 
a lot of people say, oh, just leave it up to your own personal judgment. If it, if it takes it too far and leads you to sin, then stop, stop watching it. And I'm like, uh, I would say that's true if the thing is, like, inherently fine, you know? Yeah, but, like, saying that, yeah. I like, agree. if you're talking about, if we're talking about that murder mystery Sherlock Holmes was talking about. Like, yeah, if that's going to lead you to sin, that's not inherently wrong. But if that's going to lead you to sin, then don't watch it. You know, like don't now, even watch anything that potentially leads you to sin. Right. That's like saying that's an individual thing. But then there are things that I'm going to like, like demonic horror movies mm-hmm. and Game of Thrones. That obviously I am no, I have no moral authority to say this for mm-hmm. the whole Catholic Church. But I cannot think of a circumstance where it would be moral to watch either of those things. Mm-hmm. Or cuties. Or cuties. Well, everybody should know that. That's everybody should know that. But, but somehow, the show still exists. Or the movie? The movie. Oh, man. But, yeah. It's just like, if you think you can watch something like that, you know, like, until it goes too far, that's like saying, well, I can stay over with my girlfriend. What's wrong? As right. long as we don't have... As long Any as sexual like interactions, like what's wrong? Yeah, it's obviously scandal. Yeah, to anybody that witnesses that, mm-hmm. and you're putting yourself in a position where sin is bound to happen. Yeah, from you're putting the, yourself in a near occasion for sin. Yeah, exactly, and that's which, a sin. Which in the <laughs> Not standard only act of sin, contrition, yeah. you promise to avoid mm-hmm. when you go to confession. Not only a near occasion of sin, but a Grave sin. Right. <laughs> and no, I don't think people who watch, you know, The Conjuring are going to become Satanists. But you're opening a door to things that you don't need. Is that you don't need to overthink. You don't need in your head. You don't need in your heart. You don't need in your house. You're not a man or a boy, whether you watch these things or not. You're not exactly. a better human being. That's... That's if, not what makes you... If you watch these, you're not stronger. An adult. Yeah. I hate the phrase adult fiction. Well... It's like, we're going to make the, we're gonna label this adult because exactly. it's, it's, uh, it's either impure or extensively violent exactly. or it's satanic. Mm-hmm. That's my, here's my input on that. If you have to call something adult content, it's probably not like, good for anybody's soul. Right? <laughs> like... I can't remember, so, like, in, in literature, there's a distinction between, like, young adult fiction and adult fiction. I have never read a piece of adult fiction. Okay, that's not entirely true. There are a few exceptions. The vast majority of the adult fiction I have read is a little disgusting. You know? Mm-hmm. But young adult fiction is written for audiences below the age of 21. Technically, that is the bracket. So they're not going to put... They're not going to put sexual behavior for the most part. Some of them do, but for the most part, they don't. They're not going to put drug use. Again, there are some exceptions, but it's designed for children, right? Yeah. Quote, unquote, which means it's it's slightly more innocent (laughs) than Hollywood, which how hard is that? But don't even get us started on that. (laughs) Bottom line is dull content. Is no good for anybody's soul. Right. In horror movies, you just got to be very skeptical. 
Yeah. Like, like, like I said, there are some that don't cross that line. I have seen some that don't mm-hmm. cross that line, but I also know there are plenty that do. Yeah. So like, as soon as you're watching one with like s- spiritual elements to it, like, Oh, this house is haunted or this, this doll is possessed or just, you don't need that in your life. You know, yeah. like even the it movie, like I saw the new one, not the second one. Cause I think there's a second new one already yeah. out or something. I saw the first new one that mm-hmm. came out in theaters and it's like middle schoolers cussing and dropping F-bombs. I'm like, come on. Like, what is this? And right. It's just something that I don't need. So, yeah. I, I To me, I don't even like that. If You have to have kids talking the way, quote-unquote, adults can only talk. Right. No. Just don't watch that. You're... Bound to start speaking like the people that you listen to in the shows or TV, movies, whatever that you watch. You're bound to start speaking like those people. Whoever you hang around, whatever content you're taking in. Mm-hmm. So just take in the best. Right. Nothing. Nothing. There's plenty of for. TV shows, movies, books, mm-hmm. Catholic media. And it doesn't. I'm not saying you have to only watch Catholic television. No. Yeah. But just don't watch things that lead you to darkness. Mm-hmm. I think there's this, I forget the company. I might have it down in my notes on my phone. But Jason Everett talks in his podcast about this thing that his family has. Uh, for like all their like movies and TVs, it's like some program thing. Like, Netflix, except it's different. It, um, it takes out all the impure, like, all the oh, explicit really? content, and it just like cuts those out, and you don't notice it in the movie. It just flows, Dang. and I'm just like, I'm getting that for my children, like, in yeah, that's yeah, awesome. That is awesome. Like the fact that there's something out there like that. That's something that like I've wanted to hear for a long time and there's something like that that yeah. skips all the bad content for you like it doesn't even skip it it's just not there right in the movies and it just flows the movie just flows the whole time they have to block out the whole Super Bowl right <laughs> no so there's good stuff out there but you just have to find it there's good stuff out there there's neutral stuff out there just don't watch bad stuff and by bad stuff, I don't mean DC Universe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean Justice League. By bad. <laughs> I mean... Wedding Crashers. That's a bad movie. Like, if you were to have that thing that skips all the bad content, you'd be skipping... Yeah. The whole movie, probably. Like, 75% of the movie. I was going to say, like, one of those possessed doll horror movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, why do you... Oh, yeah, what is that called? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen those with some friends back when... I wasn't as into my faith. Those are just creepy. 
there's some good movies, but it's sad that there's just a few clips where it just ruins the content. Right. You're like, oh, wow, I saw this for the first time here. I would buy it myself, DVD or Blu-ray, but because it has this, now nah, I'm good. Right. Have you seen The Sandlot? The what? The Sandlot. No, I haven't. Ooh, it's a baseball movie classic from the 90s. The only classic baseball movie is Field of Dreams. Okay. I want to say touche because it's <laughs> my favorite baseball movie, but there's the original Sandlot. The first time I saw Field of Dreams, mm-hmm. I was afraid of James Earl Jones. Who wouldn't be? Because of that scene where he drives around the corner and James mm-hmm. Earl Jones is just standing in the street. He's just like, <laughs> like every time I walked around the corner, I was like, what, 11 or 12? Every time I walked around the corner, I thought James Earl Jones was going to be standing there staring at me. He's actually in the sandlot. Oh, he is? And you might get scared of him if you were a younger kid, too. <laughs> He's the scary neighbor. He's the scary neighbor in Star Wars, too. <laughs> he's, a, he's been around for a long time. You know, he has a... I think it's a Protestant thing, but he has a podcast where he narrates the Bible. Really? He reads the Bible. Yeah. Pretty cool. So it's a Protestant version of the Bible, so there, there's no wisdom to it <laughs> at all. But you hear that slapping in the background? That's me hitting my knee. It's a real knee slapper. <laughs> now, if you want to read the hear the Bible in a podcast, you should really go track down Father Mike Schmidt's podcast. Bible in a Year podcast, yeah. It's wild. I haven't been listening to it. I'll probably listen to it at some point. Not this year because I'm already behind, but just start at some point after all the content's out, after I'm out of college. It'll be helpful for anybody, like, for right. years. Because once matter. he's done it, it's, yeah. it's the whole Bible in a year. Yeah. Like, it's the number one podcast on Apple podcast out of every category. It's insane. He's getting into It's awesome. That's what it is. is. Yeah. It's sweet. They weren't expecting it to boom like that. But saw he got interviewed from Ben Shapiro. Yup. Like, okay. His faith making a comeback in America. It is if I have anything to say about it. Yeah, that's all we have to say for this one, I think. And luckily we want to end us in our prayer. Yeah. Got any last thoughts before that? Yeah, just if you have any, if you have any topics for us to talk about, send them our way. Um, and please don't be shy to send them our way. Right. We ask this like after every episode, and if anybody makes it to the end, uh, well, we usually don't get any topics recommended. So. Right. So, share this with your friends if you if you're listening. So, yeah, I'll leave, I'll end us in a prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this time, time of fellowship. I ask you to bless this podcast, bless this, the listeners of this podcast. Fill them all with your peace and the knowledge that you are there, present with them, loving them, and that you would weep for the loss of them. We 
thank you, Lord, for the gifts of the Seek Conference, for our friends and our families. We ask this in your precious and holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Have a good week, everyone. You'll be in our prayers. Always, yeah. May life be cheerful to you. Peace.